Alrighty. Um, sorry, we're going to mic this one. So, my name's Russell. I'm from the Sunshine Coast. And this is Guy from the Sunshine Coast, who, for any of those who may not have met us before. Um, so, we're talking about dual living and the fact that it doesn't work. Um, dual living, uh, for me, it's really hard to do it with when you microphone in your hand. Um, dual living. So, it's talking about the fact that often we can find ourselves in a position where, do you know what we feel like? I know this is who I'm meant to be, but I look at my actions and the thoughts that I have and they don't reconcile with who, you know, that God has brought me into and the person that he's brought me to be. And so for us today, we do want to address, and we're going to use, uh, Guy's going to use his testimony and we're going to use this diagram up on the board, hopefully just walk you through um, some of the key concepts we want to look at today are who you really are and your identity in Christ. Because too often we get that confused with the stuff that happens around us in the world and the stuff that um, impacts our lives and what we take our identity from as opposed to the identity that God has given us and what that we've been adopted by him and the family that we've been brought into by him. Um, one of the key things that I want to get across today is when we see who we really are, everything else changes in our life. Um, and God's going to walk that through um, with a, a, an element of his, of his testimony. I want us to have a think about the fact that when we take on, uh, we, are in a, we are in a spiritual warfare, um, and I don't mean you know, battling demons on a daily basis or anything like that, I just mean on a daily basis, we'll have thoughts and ideas and stuff that come into our head that we need to recognise, this, is, this, is that true about me or is that, is that actually something false? Is that something that I should be dwelling on or is that something that, you know what, I've just got to kick that out. Um, and it's about us identifying some of the things we're going to walk through. There are lies that come up. Um, in our life around guilt, um, the fact that, you know, I don't feel that I'm forgiven, about condemnation, that, you know, my life is worthy to be judged. If you saw what I did and the, some of the things that I thought about, then you'd know that, gee, I, you know, oh, that person's not right. Um, and shame, at times you feel like, you know, this is, this is who I still am. I don't feel as though my life has changed. And so we want to address some of those things. And as I said before, we're going to use, use the diagram up, up here um, to walk through that. Um, I'm going to go back to my points because I've forgotten. Um, where are my points in here? What are some of those things, uh, give me a bit of input, that we might think might impact the way that we see ourselves and impact uh, how we see ourselves in this world? What are some of the things that come in through us from an external point of view? Other people? Yep, other people telling you what you need to do or who you are and what type of person you are. Yeah, absolutely. Great one, Caleb. Social media. Social media? Give me an example of how that might work. Um, well, it's just really fun to look at other people's lives and sometimes you'll look at the most beautiful or the most appealing sort of photos. Yeah. I love to look at looking up to the people that you follow on social media. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it can end up moulding um, how you perceive yourself if you, if you see it as competition or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You start looking over the fence as to how these other people are actually living their lives based on photos mm. that you've seen on social media. Yeah. And the photos that get put up in social media, what do you reckon what percentage of their lives that actually represents? It's about this much. Um, they did an interview with a guy who hires out um, corporate jets 
and he said and he said a huge proportion of my business is just people from social media coming and sitting in the jet and taking a photo and going they don't fly anywhere they just want the photo of themselves as looking as though they are a boarding one um any others yep expectations So it's their expectations of you or even your perceived expectations that they have of you? Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, conflict with, like, say, like, your friends that are outside of church, you pleasure them. You know they're doing, like, sin as well. They're doing, not walking in God's way. Yep. But they're still your friends, so you're, like, stuck kind of, like, on top of the fence. Yep, yep. So you see, um, so there's, there's a part, and this came up in the last group. I'm not sure if it's exactly this one, but there's also a partly the acceptance you know, oh, they're my friends and I want to feel accepted in them, but at the same time I feel that oh, what they're doing is not right, but gee, if I point that out, then I'm no longer going to be accepted in that group and so where do I sit as part of that and how does my life uh, fit? Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. What society believes is acceptable uh, these days and we how we allow that into our lives. A very uh, simple um, example from an person with too much grey hair is what I've seen from the decades I've been alive on TV as to what's acceptable, um, the, the language that's used and the what comes forward these days and the rating of it is incredible as to what is acceptable that they put off on TV and we allow that into our lives on a daily basis that that becomes our norm for the way you know, presented the way all people live, the types of relationships that they have, the language that they use, that's all presented as, as norms, absolutely. Yeah. Does that make sense? Give me a little bit more. <laughs> is, it, is it just her? Yeah. <laughs> no, give me a little bit more on that. So. Um, I think like affirmation can help with the what our, like our pathways in our mind. So yeah. Absolutely. We are so going to come to that. Yeah. There's, um, from an old farmer's son, um, the cows would walk in a particular track. I don't know if you've ever seen it on a farm. They walk a particular track and it's, it's downtrodden. That's the path that they go. And do you know what? There's a shorter path, but they don't go down that path. They just go down that path because that's the one that everyone's always walked. And we do a heap of that in our own mind, the way we think about things and the strongholds that build up in our, in our lives. And a guy's going to attack some of that. Absolutely. There's, a, there's an unknown to part of that, and I think part of it for me as well, we build it up as we've done it all, the, all this way and all this time, and therefore it is truth, when in fact it's just a lie that's hiding itself um, under a veil of truth. It's like doing things, forgiveness Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you, man, that's excellent. So I'm coming to you, I'm coming to you. Yeah. So we define ourselves as opposed to what God says of who we are. 
Gee, I think we're going to touch on that. <laughs> that. That was a planted question. That was awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you're reflected that because that reflects who I am based on how many hours I do and how how high up in work I get and how much income I get and that's that's who I am and we can definitely take that take that on board absolutely okay cool all right we're going to address a number of those things today um, Guy is just going to take us through that roping in the boxing in mm. so um, yeah I know Rihanna Rihanna knows what she's talking about because. I told her, yeah, literally last night, I said, I really love all your stuff as you've been posting on Instagram. She's talking about positive tracks, making new positive tracks, and um, you should definitely follow her on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so she's got a lot of really positive stuff on there. So, okay, I've, um, this is straight from the laws, straight from Revelation that he's just given to me, okay? So uh, you'll see very quickly. This here... This is where you are. This is your field of view. This is what I see. This is the space that I'm in, okay? So anything I see with my eye, okay? So I see Axel, okay? I see Axel. Axel's here in my view. And if I start thinking about him for long enough, I start, you know, getting thoughts based on him. And the start on a thought train. You guys know what thought trains are? You get on, say you take a really easy one and say I start this is a this is a negative one say and very easily and i'm going to get into my testimony and goes really into this say you start looking at a woman lustfully and you start looking at it long enough and you look at it long enough it's actually coming towards you until it breaks into your heart this circle here this is your heart okay and this is your works it's your actions Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Our man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Man out of the bad thoughts of his heart brings forth bad things. Thank you. Um, so you don't want to act on that, because when you act on that, that starts building a fortress. It starts building a stronghold. And if you get your eye on that and you're judging yourself by that, you're producing that and you will continue to produce the fruit of that of who you think you are, okay? Even while this is still who you are because you receive spirit. So a lot of like that the stuff can be coming in from the outside mm -hmm. and we determine who we are based on all these you know, thoughts that we have, actions that we take. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we spoke about in social media that comes in and works and place a value based on who we believe we are, based mm -hmm. on the car we drive, all the rest of it, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And we want to and on the other extent in an, in a positive way here's me and russell trying to get something beautiful into your head and try and show you who you really are and that's us in your field of view right in front of you and we want you to accept this so that you can see who you are okay make sense yeah go for it what is a stronghold that's beautiful because we were just saying at the end of the last one that we should really into that. So a stronghold is something that has gotten into your heart, you've uh, acted on it, and now you see that as who you are. So You're the, building on it. With the lustful, so you lust in after a woman, and then you, the, then you... Sin. Because you are concentrating on it for long enough... It gives way to action. You believe I am a lustful person. 
not quite. I understand where you're coming from. I can answer this. So it gives way to action and I do something about it. Um, and that, so it gives birth to sin. Yes. And so sin builds a stronghold. And now because of what I've done, it builds a stronghold. Is that a question? No, it's not. It's definitely not permanent. We're going to knock some fortresses and strongholds down today. They are lies from the pit of hell. Sorry, I am um, somebody who um, uh, I need to be focused on the way that I look and therefore I have in my head that I need these things to be able to make me look that way. And so it just becomes a fortress that we have in our head that doesn't allow us to see the truth at times. And it talks about in, um, in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 about pulling down strongholds. Um, because there, what we want to be able to address today is the fact that um, we, there are going to be things that the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we see about ourselves that aren't really true about who we really are and what we've been brought into. And it's about addressing those things that can come up in our lives that maybe we've built up over time because we've accepted them as truth when they really aren't and about pulling them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is who you are. And you can't see yourself clearly through that. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, oh, okay. So it's like a big wall that stops you from seeing Yep, it's building a wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Guess what? It's an identity talk. I know you love identity, Alicia. All right. Um, I wanted to jump to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, just to cl- rope you in really quickly. It's up here. Um, so, um, starters, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world as we all know, and he doesn't want any man to perish. He wants everyone to accept Jesus. He wants everyone to accept the Holy Spirit. And when we do accept the Holy Spirit by simply believing in Jesus as the Son of God and he came and he died on the cross and he died for our sins, there's proof. When you believe there was proof, and it's right here in Ephesians 1, 13, 14, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. This is, did we fix that up? We didn't fix that up, did we? <laughs> so it's a little, a little off, but <laughs> earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of the glory. So what happened when you believed? You got sealed with the Holy Spirit. So how do I know you believed? You got the Holy Spirit. So it's really, really quite simple. So, um, when you were sealed, righteousness entered in. You accepted the sacrifice. Jesus' righteousness entered into you. He's in you now, and you're in him, okay? You're found in him. Jesus comes back, you'll be found in him, because you're in him right now. This is who you are, okay? So that's quite simple. I'm going to build on that. Okay. Jump into my testimony. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to run you through a little bit of my testimony. Um, Actually, a lot of it. Um, So when I was about eight, I reckon, I got introduced to pornography. And that was a thing. 
that I saw and you know that as a male and fallen man nature human nature not god nature i that was like i saw that it was good and i ate and i looked at it long enough until it gave birth into my heart action and i started looking at it on my own accord which is looking at sin caused me to think that's who i am for a very long time i grew up believing i was a pervert i was perverted I believed all these things about myself, all this stuff that was coming out of here, negative emotions. Do you want to do the drawing for me? Yeah. So just like, so because this is sin, I now believe that's who I am. And we got negative emotions coming out of that, which we've got up here. And we're going to show you. We've got a very nice idea that um, Russell came up with. And we're shining a light on those three because you get that because it's coming in. So that's what we're planning on doing today. <laughs> we want to shine a light on some of those things. And it was so much better. Uh, we got a few more laughs this time, though. Um, <laughs> so we want to shine a light on them. We want to shine the truth on them and show you that those are lies. And they're fortresses. That are, sorry, they're not, they're not the fortresses. They're the emotions coming out of fortresses. So, okay, so that ends my, into, into that. And that's who I saw myself as when I received the Holy Spirit. Um, at the age of 16, I just remember saying, Lord, this is what I want more than anything else in the world right now. So my will was, my will, what I wanted within myself, nice and deep, as deeper than the way the heart goes, your will. My will was that I wanted God. Okay? So he gave it to me. It was a free gift. I believed in Jesus. Boom. Got it. That's simple. But I didn't understand something. I didn't understand what happened. I didn't understand what came into me. People said I was saved, but I didn't understand it, okay? So that didn't change any mindsets or anything like that for me. So I, I went home and I still struggled with pornography and I was expecting some big change, but nothing really happened straight away. And for the next seven years, I struggled with condemnation, guilt, shame. Um, I got addicted to gaming at a pretty early age, which... Um, was constantly, so that started there, and constantly gaming, which was in of itself, not evil, but it's designed to keep you from seeking out God, which is actually where your freedom comes from. So, um, got hooked on that, got hooked on that, and there was a few other things that all just bounced off each other because I'm judging my life by whatever comes in, okay? And I'm not focusing on here, okay? So at that Thank you. Were you looking at your life and going, has that relate to where I know that I'm meant to be as a spiritual Christian? Mm -hmm. So here I am looking at people that are doing great, looking at comparisons. That's another stronghold, comparison. Comparing myself to other people, people that I look up to, people that are just, they're, man, they're so anointed. They're so like got Holy Spirit and they're like on fire for God. They're bringing people along. I haven't brought anyone along. And just judging myself, comparison. So that's another stronghold. I'll just chuck that up there and all the comparisons. Yep. Um, Yep. 
Yep. Yep. So, uh, fast forward to when I was 23. Um, I had gotten married. Uh, I was expecting that, you know, something, you know, I'd just stop having problems with all these things when I got married. Didn't happen. Um, still struggling with all this stuff and condemnation, growing, stronghold, getting stronger. And just, it's just, just life sucked. <laughs> uh, there was a point when I was 21, where I was just in the bathtub and I was just writing, I hate myself on the shower screen after like watching pornography. So depression was in there too. And just the emotions and all that stuff was just toxic and it wasn't life and life more abundantly like Jesus came to give me. Um, regret. So uh, 20, fast forward to 23, I, um, uh, a, a list of things all happened that God really chased me down. And it just happened to be seven years from when I received the Spirit. Love that. Um, and he was just pursuing me. And I hit 23 and something happened. A brother in the Lord, uh, he gave me conviction. And the conviction, he didn't even, I don't think he even realized what he was telling me at the time. But he gave me the full conviction to just like, to fully willingly really want to get rid of this in particular. And um, streaming was another one, streaming stuff. So it's firstly that one. And whoa. I was reading a, a book at the time and um, just my understanding got a little bit more opened and I understood what claiming things by faith was, who I really was, my birthright, which I don't know if anyone went to the Jacob and Issa one, I bet that's what he was talking about, my birthright. So, and who I, who God wanted me to be before Adam ate the tree. So, um, yeah, so all I did was, and I didn't understand what I was doing at the time. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time, okay? Um, what I did was, in the car on the way home from that meeting, I just said, look, God, um, I, am, I am healed of my gaming addiction because that's who I am. And I had no clue that that was identity, and I was in identity crisis at the time. And I went home, I deleted all my games, I sold my computer, um, and then I started watching streaming to replace it. Five days later, I was just like, what am I doing? This is the same thing. Did the same thing. I said, you know, I am healed of my gaming addic uh, streaming addiction. And then I deleted that. And all of a sudden, I was lying on my couch. And it hit me. And I realized something. The same reason I could claim that this wasn't me was the same reason that I could claim that I was saved, that I was righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it clicked. And for the first time, I knew that I knew that I knew. And I understood why I was saved and I realized that I am saved and the first time I had confidence that I was saved my entire spirit-filled life because I've been judging myself based on lies and not who I really am. Okay, so that was the first time I had exercised faith and I realized that that's who I really am. Do you want to jump in? Um, look, I think the real key things here is going to be across is the fact that... Um, it's about recognising what's the truth from what the lies are. Um, because it says, uh, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free in 8.32. It's so, so important that we understand that. That we recognise a lot of the stuff that impacts us from outside the world, the social media, the opinions of other people from, from around us, the, um, you know, the pressures that we find at work or the, the uh, perceptions of the way that the, the work works. Um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, aren't necessarily the truth. The truth comes from the gospel and what God says about us and about who we are. 
the way that we build, uh, the way that we see ourselves and the way that we identify ourselves impacts all those other actions and the fruit that we're able to deliver as a result of it. When we find ourselves comparing, you know, the actions that come forward from us at the moment and the thoughts that come forward from us and we go, I'm pretty sure that's not how I'm meant to be. It's because we haven't truly identified who we really are. If we're constantly looking back to those things around us as to taking identity from them, we've missed the fact that, you know, God has given us a brand new identity. He's adopted us into our family. And we, we, when we grasp hold of that, that's, that's the key aspect. And I think that's what, what our guy's going to take you through now. So, something that I didn't even try to do when my identity came in line and I got my eye on this circle, Something that happened when I'd done that and that, guess what disappeared? Pornography addiction just vanished. I had no desire for pornography whatsoever. Why? Because it wasn't who I was. That's who I was. So the moment I realized who I was because of what Jesus did, it just just left. It was gone. And that's... Humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before truth, who you are. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He has to flee because it's not who you are. Does that make sense? Are we following? Cool. Yes, please. Sorry, how did you... I, I don't know if I understood this completely, but so you, you decided you wanted to enjoy the game and then you just decided you were just going to go cold turkey because you... you were reading Conviction. The that helped you really understand uh, the conviction came from actually one of the brothers who said some stuff that made me like realise that gaming wasn't worth my salvation because I was still judging myself by my works, not by that. And so my will was that I really wanted to be rid of it. Um, so the – continue with your question or did that answer your question? So how did you figure out who you were? Did you so it clicked it and it was like – It was a revelation that came after I claimed those two things – and I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but all in, in, in one moment, it clicked that the same reason why, because this is truth. This is who I really am. This is who everyone here really is when you receive Holy Spirit. This is your right standing. I had a false sense of identity because I was looking here. And that was the revelation, realizing that this is truth. This is a lie. No, I was just claiming my right identity, who I was in Christ. And so I want to... Yeah, go for it, Axel. Yeah, exactly, and we're going to go into that because everyone's got different struggles. I think one big thing that's helped me in situations like this especially is when I'm giving advice to someone else going through the same thing, I'm so ready to be like, no, God doesn't want us to do that, but if we do this, we get help to do it. Mm-hmm. And then once I said it to someone else, it snapped, and I was like, no, but that's who I am too, and I can't forget that ever. Well, you know what I'm doing. He knows, yeah. He's got a revelation of this. I know you want to make us feel judged, because God doesn't want to judge us. That's right. So why don't I see myself that way? Beautiful. So, the scripture. <laughs> so, no longer judge any man by his works, but by the standard of Christ. Playing, you know, 
anger towards certain, you know, anyway, I was having a problem with anger at one point, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm such like a, a terrible person, I can't believe I, you know, that's who I am, that I'm an angry person, and I, I had this song come on, um, and the chorus is, you know, you don't have to change, I love you exactly for who you are. And I thought, how's that possible? Because if we're all imperfect and everyone says that we need to, you know, be growing and be changing. But then I had like a revelation, God loves us who we are right now. Like he just does. Mm -hmm. And he, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to grow. But growing and changing are like a different thing. And yep, so they you are. you can love someone in their current state with their current imperfections, like you are worthy of love with your imperfections. But, I mean, you should still want to grow and change, but you don't have to change to be loved. Yep. Can I? I know exactly what you're talking about. Can I show? Yeah. So, when I'm submitting myself to the truth and I believe and continue believing, his roots grow down into me and he transforms me. Because I'm in him and I'm being moulded by his environment, not the world's environment. Because I'm not judging myself out here, I'm judging myself by here. So he's the potter. I'm not a God unto myself, so I'm not trying to be a good Christian. I'm not trying to be better. I'm just loving being a son, okay? I'm loving being his. I'm loving God. I'm in a relationship with God. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. We hear that all the time. It really is. And you hear pastors say, well, how's your prayer life? What are they really saying? They're saying, how's you, how's you talking to God? Talk to him like he's, a, he's there. He is there. The Bible says he's there. That's true. Spend time with him. Enjoy him. And this circle is going to get bigger. So Matthew 6, 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. There's another translation that says, if your eye is single, meaning this circle has expanded all the way out to here and your whole body is flooded with light so it's a transformation our christian life our whole christian life is about getting transformed into the likeness of christ so this getting further and further and overtaking our heart transforming us from the inside out and that happens by trusting and believing in who we already are and not judging ourselves by this stuff okay jump First John 4.17, as he is, so are we. So, um, this is, I'm going to try and make this really simple. This is who we are now, not any of this yucky stuff. This is who we are, even though that we still feel that way, we have that stuff, it doesn't define us, okay? It doesn't define us. It's not who we are, but we still have that stuff. This is who we are. Because as he is, so are we in this world, not when we get to heaven. Now, as he is, so are we in this world. That's the rest of the scripture. Um, yeah, it's okay. Because this is who we are, right? So, does any of that stuff make sense, even if we've just done a terrible thing? No. Because your right standing is Jesus' right standing. He. How, how on earth could I ever be like him? You know, he's that blameless son of God. Um, he was righteous before God, and as it clearly says there, as, is, as he is, so are we in this world, because of what he did for us. He died on the cross for us, that we are now righteous before God. And do, is, is that the way that we see ourselves, though? Do we see ourselves as righteous? Do we see ourselves as blameless? 
Do we see ourselves as our sins have been taken away from us? Not just from past, but you know, past, present, and future. And, and then if we see ourselves as that, and that's what the core is about who I am, that we see ourselves as Christ, as, as Christ as he is, so are we. Then we get a different perspective on the way that when things come into our mind, that we're looking to be able to shine out from that centre rather than let things shine in and, and tell us who we are, but shine out and tell the world who we have become through Christ because we are now righteous in the sight of God. This guilt, condemnation and shame that the, that the world that, that Satan tries to bring into our lives tries to tear that down from us, tries to tear away the truth that God has for us, that he has brought us into a righteous relationship with him. You. So essentially, you're justified by the blood, right? It's just as if you've never sinned. I was just, I thought that really messed in with him. We'll jump on to the story of David. We'll just jump into that. So David, similar to me, like got into this real yuck place. I'll, add, I'll go fast forward. So after I had that big revelation, I was just had a major awareness of God. I was just got really zealous and I was just like, God's real. And I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning. God's real. I couldn't get to sleep till two o'clock in the morning. God's real. And I might, I would be like at night and Anna's like, go to bed, go to bed. I'd just be like, just major awareness, okay? About 11 days later, I thought that I'd lost my salvation for good and I couldn't get it back just through misunderstanding, through reading some scriptures and uh, misunderstanding. And if you ever hit the unpardonable sin or Hebrew 6 or anything like that and that scares you, come to me. I'll, I'll destroy that stronghold. Well, I won't. God will through me. <laughs> but um, so what happened to me was um, I was believing lies. And because I was believing the lies and I was, not, I was misunderstanding I was struggling to see that through this, this lie that I built up and I believed. And I talked to lots of oversight and brothers and they were like, that's not really what that means. It means this. And, and through a lot of patience and, and um, sowing of seeds of truth into me, I got, I got back into my righteous identity. Um, but in that, in that arena, this was a major prayer in my life and I meant it to God. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit with me. Because all this stuff started coming, encroaching back in, and I started doing things that were out of my righteous identity again, and I started getting back into works and started um, trying to earn my right standing with God again, trying to be a better Christian again. So David sees Bathsheba, comes into his field of view, comes in, sees her and goes, ooh, she looks nice. And he's looking at her for a while and then breaks into his heart and gives birth to action. Because this is your doing, this is your action, this is your works, what you do. And that, he sinned and he acted on it and he uh, slept with her. And that sin made a stronghold. Out of that stronghold came negative emotions and he had to cover it up. And then, sorry, is this too far away? Sorry. Um, and then he had Uriah murdered and then more sin. And this thing is just expanding and it's destroying him. But the whole, somewhere along the way oh, was when Samuel rocked up to him and said, um, you know, you are that man. After it says a parable, I don't remember it right off the top of my head. It must be important. You guys know it. Um, um, and it clicked for him. He was like, he started weeping bitterly, repentance. 
a transformation. It's not condemnation where you go, oh, I'm so terrible. I know that from firsthand. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not God. Repentance is I want different. I want to be like God. I, wanna, I want fruit on my tree. That's repentance. It's not I'm so terrible. How could, how could God love me? That's not. It's lies. God loves you. Okay? So he wept bitterly and he started saying things like that. He said, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Why? Because it was dark. There was yucky stuff in there and it was controlling who he was and what he was doing. And um, God got his eye back where he wanted it. And so he got a new spirit renewed. Ah, checkpoint. Right. <laughs> right, okay, I'm ready. One of the things I want to talk about is um, where our, our worth is determined by whose we are. Um, apologies for anyone from the Sunshine Coast who might have heard me talk about this before, sorry. Um, there's, who knows Jackson Pollock? Arthur. Arthur will know Jackson Pollock. Painter. Painter, yes. Not personally. He died in the 50s, but Pastor Arthur is aware of him. It, the Australian government bought one of his pictures. So he's a very famous painter. Uh, they paid about 3 or $4 million for one of his pictures. Blue Pulse, back in the 1970s. Um, they've recently had it revalued for 300 Gough Whitlam did that. That's who he was a prime minister. Um, they've recently had it revalued for about $340 million. Now, if you've ever seen Blue Poles, put your hand down, Arthur. If you've ever seen Blue Poles, I reckon you could take a look at it and go, I reckon I could do that in a couple of hours. It, honestly, it's just paint flung up on a, on, a, on a canvas. And every artist will tell me that's absolutely rubbish, but I reckon I could do it. Um, it it's just... And if you've seen, ever, ever seen video of him doing it, um, it is, he's just throwing paint around everywhere. But anyway, it's now valued at $340 million. Now, what's made that painting valuable? What is the valuable part of that painting? His name. Absolutely. It's his name on the artwork to be honest with you, the artwork, my humble opinion, not that impressive. <laughs> but the name on it makes it so, so valuable. What does that mean for us? It doesn't matter often the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we see ourselves. We look at who made us? Whose sons and daughter are we? Whose name is engraved on us? And it's the creator. That's what makes us have worth it's not, it's not the way that we see ourselves and we're concerned about sometimes the actions that we take and the thoughts that we have. It comes down to who, ha, who has brought us into their family. What's the signature that we have upon us? And it's God's. And so just, just remember at times that when you feel and you question your worth, you know, you think about the, we had a testimony in the last group about, you know, just the, the thoughts and depression that was being experienced and the anxiety that they had in their lives and they questioned their worth. And, and we do that. And they're just lies that come into our life because we'll, we'll start comparing ourselves with other people. We'll look at other people's social media posts and go, why is my life like completely blessed like theirs is? Or we'll, you know, we'll just look over the fence and think, oh, my car's not as nice. Or, you know, my job's not as good and I'm not getting this and I'm not doing that. It has nothing to do with those physical and tangible things. Our worth as a person, as a spiritual being, is, is based on who God sees us. And that we are loved and cared for by him. 
And today we really want to focus on looking at who we are because our identity comes from that. When we take it away from um, what other people see it and the way that the world would have us see ourselves, uh, it can really change the way that we um, are able to, the way that we interact with what goes on around us and the fruit that comes from our lives. Because we'll question the fruit that comes from our lives unless it is coming uh, through God and that we see who we are. Um, thank you. That leads me into... Dang, you're just, just working. Um, that leads me into mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. So, as we said, this is the mind. This here, you need to understand quite simply, you can't control what comes in here. You're the vessel. This is what comes into your field of view. You might have an instant thought. Problem is, if you get a thought that comes from a negative stronghold or comes from out there, you get a thought and you immediately think it's you and you agree with it, you're actually getting on the train and allowing it into your heart. So the mind of Christ isn't a barrier that stops things getting in. It's a sensor. So when something comes in, the mind of Christ goes, Yep, that's me, that's the new creature, that's who I am in Christ, that's the new creation. That was, that was from God, whatever. And that comes through continually getting a better revelation of Christ, greater understanding. On the flip side, negative stuff, something comes in, maybe it's a negative thought, a negative emotion that's not true, it's not who you are in Christ, it goes, and you just go, thank you, Lord, that I know this is who I am in Christ. This is, and immediately you just submit it to God. You submit it to the, you submit the truth, submit to the truth in who you really are, and you get your identity fixated on here. You fix your eyes on here, okay? You don't fix your eyes on any of this stuff. And even if you're struggling with this, how long did Jericho take to come down? Seven days. It's not always instant. Faith's not an always an instant solution, okay? So you just continue. The only way that we know how that God's explained to us truth you submit to truth and these strongholds will it's a promise they will come crumbling down so even say if i'm still struggling with uh sarcasm 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 is toxic we don't like sarcasm but sometimes we struggle with it sometimes we struggle with it every time i do it sorry <laughs> i go i submit it to that is so not who i am and i keep my identity who i am fixated on who i am and that stuff's going to come down Okay, and that's a that's a. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. This is a spiritual battle, guys. We're just the vessel. We we're just the steward of our heart. We look. We choose where we look. Sees us versus how we may see ourselves. So where we may say um, or have said, you know, I'm unlovable. But God says that I'm loved forever. In Romans, oh my goodness, Romans 8, it says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. We might say I'm weak, but God says he makes me strong. God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect, it says in Psalms. In 1 John 2, it says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been given through Jesus. Have been forgiven through Jesus. Sorry. Um, it says, I have been, you might say, I've been rejected. But God says, no, 
I am his. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. You are mine. A couple more. Um, I might say that I'm worried or anxious or afraid, but God says that I am with him and he has, peace, he has filled me with peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is in John 14. John 3, 6. You know, there are going to be times when we just think that we are absolutely worthless. But God says, do you know what? Jesus died because I am worth it. That's a really big one for me. And my apologies to the Sunshine Coast people who I've said this to before. But um, that's how worth it God thinks that we are. He sent his son to die on our behalf. As a father, I'm not going to do that for you with my son. (laughs) The second one, maybe I would. (laughs) No, that's not true. Um, But that's the worth that he saw in you. Do you know what? For anyone of you guys that might have kids or or will have kids at some day, you'll know what a massive sacrifice that is. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's how worth it he feels that you are in his life. And he just wants to be able for us to be able to see, for each and every one of us to be able to see what we have been brought into, who we are now through Christ as a result of what he did on the cross for us, that we are redeemed, that we are righteous in front of him, that our sins have been forgiven that we should not have to subject ourselves to the guilt, condemnation and shame that tries the, the world will try to introduce in our life to drag us away, to drag our identity back into the world. Just to add on to what you said uh, about God says that we're valuable. So the difference between pride and humility. So I was very deceived in thinking for a long time that man, I'm so worthless, I can't do anything for God, I can't bring people along, I can't do anything right, I can't do any of this thing. I thought that was humility. It's not humility because what I'm actually doing is saying the opposite to what God's saying. God's saying I'm valuable and he's not changing his mind about me. So all I got to do is say, okay, yes, I am valuable. So um, that's what humility is. Even when we don't feel like it because of all the yucky stuff out here, we don't feel like it, and it sometimes is, makes it really difficult for us to accept that we are valuable. But when you, you see that and you say yes and you accept, that's what humility is, is humbly accepting the truth about who you are. And that, again, humble yourselves to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Um, truth makes you free. mind um you know different thoughts that would come in that she she struggled with from a um uh from a mental perspective um you create a lot of anxiety and that sort of stuff in life and spoke about just the the things and the way that she would she would battle those that she needs to be able to identify what of these are truth and what of these are false and she needs to go back to identify this is who i am now in christ so when these thoughts and different things came in is that true based on based on who i am or is this false can I go, 
no, that's not right, you're gone. And she said, do you know what? And it was a, a great testimony. She said she talked about being able to build up her, her thought muscle to the point where, do you know, every time it came in, it went, no, that's not it, you're gone. No, that's not it, it's gone. To where it just became automatic. Where just, you know, those things were bouncing off now. Whereas previously they were really taking hold of her, that she would dwell a long time on them, she'd feel guilt and shame about different things, and that would create the, um, the fortress of the stronghold in her mind about who she was. No, we're, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. I don't think so. Questions? Let's. <laughs> What are the bits she didn't understand? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So positive strongholds, this is me, here's Russell coming along, here's another big circle and he's shining, glorifying the Lord, just loving, loving Jesus <laughs> and he's just like sowing seeds of truth into me and I get my eye fixated on that because I'm just spending so much time with him and so he's always there with me shining light, just like where, to, where light's in a dark world and he sows it into me long enough that I accept it. And if I keep my eye on that truth, which is this one, and all about different areas, for instance, what's the opposite of one of the negative ones I said? Um, let's just say I am loved by God. That's the most big one I can think of. Like here's a, why am I doing, why am I drawing? There's a blue tape right here. <laughs> so here's I'm loved. And the more I keep my eyes on truth, the more I keep my eyes locked on that positive fortress, Keep my eyes locked in here. So this is like, this circle has enveloped that. It's getting bigger and that's adding to it and that's getting built. So dual living, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is a pause. This is a pause. Every, this is all truth. This is all lies. This circle's getting bigger. So let's say, let's put it here. I'll put it in the wrong place. Okay. So here's, here's a positive one. It's a fortress. And the longer I stay there and build on that and receive truth from the Bible, from Russell who's sowing seeds of truth into me, the longer I build on that and keep my eyes on that, when stuff comes in, negative thoughts that say the opposite, this fortress is going to stand because I'm building my house on the rock, which is Jesus, my righteous identity. Okay, He's the way, the truth, the life. This is life and life more abundantly right here. Live here. Live on the rock. Don't dual live. Don't, don't look out here. Build your house on the sand because it's always shifting and changing. Okay? And the heart is desperately wicked. There's a million one scriptures that are just popping into my head right now. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so oh, God's been teaching me so many things through the hard seasons, though. So like I said with 
like the unpardonable sin in Hebrews, my righteous identity got so fortressed up and I couldn't see myself through that and just got depressed again, started trying to be a good Christian again. I started trying through works, trying to um, impress God, trying to uh, talk to people about God and the whole time. Every time I would step out of myself and go, here's a pamphlet, I'd walk away like, oh, you did a terrible job in condemnation. And even when I got out of myself and did something, it still produced negative stuff. I could have done better because I was judging myself by my works and not by this. But yeah, stumbled. But God's just been cementing and and he's oh, he's just been fixing all that stuff. So yeah, amen. Thank you for that question. Any other questions? Here, go, Josh. Um, it's like going through, could you say like someone, I don't know how to word this, but like just use these as an excuse. Maybe like if we then all like made to God, but like they could go do all these Mm-hmm. So that brings me to Romans, where Paul's talking about how he's talking about righteous living, and then immediately he flips it and goes, so does that mean we go on sinning now that we are freed from sin? No. <laughs> it's not who you are. How can we, how can we, how can we who have died to sin, it's not who we are, go on living in it any longer? It makes no sense. It's not who we are. So, um, I had a really amazing mic drop, but it's gone. It mustn't have been a good mic drop. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm just trying to remember your question. It'll jog my memory. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Scary place. Yeah, that, and that's Hebrews 6 and yeah, Hebrews 10. Really, that's probably one of the yeah. Like, so, I think, awesome. That was the big thing that I had to get past because I thought I was willfully sinning, but I was my will was so far from that. And, yeah, the enemy was really playing on my um, pure heart, which I discovered. I'm going to answer your question. Jesus, you're right standing with God. This is a safety net. If I stumble, if I sin we have an advocate. This is a safety net. It's not a permission slip to go out and sin. It's not a permission slip. It's a safety net. If I stumble and fall, this is still who I am and I continue in my righteous identity, continue producing fruit unto holiness. Go. So that's a whole other question. I don't, I don't want to touch that, to be honest. I listened to a talk from Pastor Brad recently. You should talk to him about that. I'm, I don't have any revelation on that. I don't see that clearly. I don't understand that. That's not for me. But um, good question. Take, that's a good question. Take it to a pastor. That's, yep. Mm-hmm. But, he, but you need to have a repentant heart that desires to serve God and desires to do good. Desires but he said, when you fail, you've always got a home with me. You've always got repentance. You've, you're, 
you can be renewed every day. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2. And try and start again every single day. But you, if you are purposely, you know, doing the wrong thing, it's not actually... That's, that's willful sin. Mm. You need so repentance. It comes to, am I serving God or am I serving myself? Yep. So even though God will always want you to come to him and be forgiven, it, it doesn't give you permission to do the wrong thing on purpose. Mm. Yeah. Does that sort of sense? Mm. Yeah. It's and beautiful. There's, like, there's a big difference between mistakes and habits as well. Um, you know, like we can make a one-time mistake and we can really struggle with that one and we will bring that one to us. But a habit is something that you build that keeps you constant. Mm-hmm. You're a God unto yourself. Doesn't mean you're in, you're in willful sin. You shouldn't condemn yourself for that, mm. and you shouldn't make it a part of your identity. Mm. It's just something. It's flesh. It's not a part of your identity. It's not actually you. It's just a part of the flesh that you're struggling with. It's not who you are, and it doesn't affect how God loves you. And the only reason you're continuing to do that is because that's how you see yourself. And so, so we're saying, when you stumble, when I stumble, when I do something wrong, don't lose your righteous identity and go, oh man, I must something must be wrong. I'm not saved anymore, whatever. Just go, look, I know I stuffed up. You're still growing me in places, Lord. Look, I know this is who I am. This isn't who I am. That was so not who I've been called to be. This is so not who I am. Don't lose your righteous identity because then you're going to go on a six-month tangent like I did. You're going to go on a, but I learned, so great, God is still pursuing me. You're going to go on a six-month tangent coming all the way out here and he leads you back in, okay? And in that place, it's not fun. I can tell you it's not fun. It's depressing and it's, and, but, you know, when you come out of it, you'll really appreciate all that, all the lessons you got to learn it, but it's, you don't have to be there to learn. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's life and life more abundantly staying there. Go, Ryan. God fixes broken people. I heard a tradie when I was doing a job not too long ago and I was talking to him about church and stuff like that and he said that if he walked into a church, he'd probably burn. And I almost cried because I'm like, wow, that's a really humble heart. He doesn't realise how much that that kind of heart, like I'm such a bad person and, I, you know, like I, it's, it sounded to me like he wanted change but he didn't understand God. He thought that because of all that bad stuff, God didn't love him. But we go to God to wash us. He's the bath. We don't try and wash ourselves before we go into the bath. We go to God for our mercy and our grace. We go to him for forgiveness. And he wants us to go there for him to forgiveness. So, um, like you said, yeah.